0: know what time it is everybody this is your boy christian hannah and we're back with the third episode and we're coming out strong with this okay we i i've tracked him down the myth the legend pizal is here pizal before we get started man what's going on how you doing dude i'm, I'm loving the shirt it's perfect
1: well, I, I had no idea what topic we were going to be covering tonight. And I mean, it, it just so happens that I own like two dozen different part five shirts. Um, so it, it, I could literally just randomly reach into my closet and I've got a great possibility of, of grabbing a part five shirt. So, I,
0: I, And I didn't say anything to you on purpose because I knew that the gods would bestow upon me the shirt the perfect shirt for the perfect man. But before we get started, Nick, my co-host, dude, how are you doing over there in Rob Zombie Land?
2: <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How you been?
0: Dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. So, guys, this is what's going on. I'm, I'm I'm aptly calling this episode Crystal Lake Memories with Pizzo. So, obviously, this is a big homage to the amazing book written by Peter Bracky mm. the dude put countless hours into this book it's been out for years it's still selling so if you don't own the book the 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 blu-ray is great okay the documentary is great but i gotta say that book is still to me the end-all be-all you know what i mean because it's it's a little bit dirtier in there you really get to see what people feel like even more because it's written it's not in front of a camera so i think people Mm -hmm. are even a little bit more honest than that book you know what i mean piz
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah for definitely yeah you there's yeah they're they're a lot more raw in the book because i mean they're just kind of they're sort of they're either talking to peter over the phone or face to face so you don't get that you know i've got a camera in front of me i need to kind of watch what i'm going to say they're very unfiltered in the book yeah
0: Yeah. so it's a great book guys still available at your barnes and nobles i think you can get on amazon so of course get the book but what we're doing here today is our personal crystal lake memories so this is what's going to be happening um, we're probably just going to do the first eight Paramounts because this is probably going to take some time to get through each one. But what we're going to do is we're going to go around and give our earliest memories, if we can remember, with each entry, our first memory of how we watched it, when we watched it, what we thought about it, the first time we saw it, whatever. And we're going to rate the films on a scale of 1 to 10. But there is a caveat, Piz, and this is what I hadn't told you yet. You can only give one entry a 10, just Mm. one. Mm. So that's something I didn't want you to have time to think about. I wanted Mm. it to be fresh. At this moment in time, I think I have my answer, but I am ping pong between three of them right now for a 10. You can go 9.5, you can go (laughs) 9.9, but only one can be a 10. Okay. So how does that sound? Do you think you're ready to rock?
1: That sounds interesting. Yeah, let's do it
0: okay so how about this nick i want to start with you because like i said before we kind of got three levels of friday fans nick is a friday the 13th fan point blank period is that safe to say nick you're a friday yes, sir, fan
2: yeah. oh yeah yeah
0: and i yeah and i i'm not trying to sound better but like i feel like i am a little more crazier than you not necessarily you, guys, I, you know I, yeah.
2: you guys will both put me to shame okay i will just admit it right here so don't yeah, worry okay.
0: So I've got I've got a solid 10 years worth of obsession over the films and this and that. But Piz is literally look down there, literally like the master. So he is like the the King Koopa, if you will, <laughs> <Right> <laughs> in the 13th hands. So it's like you've got these three levels. So the history and the memories attached could be very different and and things like that. So Piz, let's start with you. Let's just start out with a bang. 1980s, Friday the 13th can you remember your earliest memory
1: my earliest memory of that movie is um the very first well not the very first murder in the film but the very first murder that takes place in present time um it's the murder of and the character's name escapes me at the moment um but she's going to the camp to be the cook and she's and she takes she she hitches a ride in the wrong jeep. And I remember seeing her death for the first time when she gets her throat slit and there's that cut and between the flash of the knife and then you see her and her neck just opens up. That little prosthetic piece just opened up and blood poured out and it looked so real to me as a kid. It just kind of freaked me out. Uh, That's my earliest memory of, of the first one. Was that and, and that gi- throat slashing really freaking me out as a kid?
0: And give us perspective: is, is this one of those old furniture TVs with all the you had the family albums on top of it and stuff? You're watching.
1: um It was, to the best of my memory, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking about the old school days. We're talking about the TVs that were literally furniture. Your, your TV was a piece of furniture in your living room. It, it was. Um, it weighed a, it weighed about two tons. Um, and, um, it stuck out from the wall about three feet. So it it took up a good chunk of your living room space also. Um, so yeah, one of those TVs, um, I don't remember if I, if it was on VHS or if it was on television, but it had to, I'm guessing it had to be on VHS because usually that TV cut, they, back in the day, they'd cut that little part out. You wouldn't see it so well. So I'm guessing it, it had to be on VHS that I first saw the movie.
0: Yeah. So there you go. That's pretty much it's going to go back as far as we are with this one. Nick, I hold off on your rating because we'll do that once we all get through. Sure. So you have a little bit of time to think about your rating. Nick, earliest memory of Friday the 13th, 1980.
2: Uh, Well, I've talked about it on my channel and I think I told you before, my mom was always someone that having seen a lot of these movies in theaters uh, when she was growing up, she'd walk around the house and just say stuff. And one of the things she used to say was "Killer, mommy, killer," I will, Jason. And like you know, I didn't know what it was. This is I'm like eight or nine years old, and um, <laughs> it was uh, AMC Monster Fest Halloween night. I believe I was nine years old. She was like, "This movie's great. Like, don't worry, it's on TV. All the bad stuff's cut out. Like, we're gonna watch it." She's like, "I saw it in theaters years ago," and I mean, it, it sounds a little cliche, but the first the thing that stuck in my mind was the Kevin Bacon kill. Um, and then the reveal at the end, obviously, that it was, you know, <clears throat> it was Jason's mother. And I was like, what? Um, and I, I didn't see that coming at all. My mom was like sitting there, like smiling and laughing, like, oh, yeah, I bet you didn't see that coming. Cause, you know, at that time, I was aware of who Jason was. Um, I just hadn't seen the movies yet. So I assumed, okay, this could be Jason and it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that, that was it. My mother taunting me with, killer mommy killer. And then one night on Halloween, she's like, we're gonna, we're gonna watch it kid. So, uh, she exposed me to a lot of movies I probably shouldn't have watched at a young age, but I guess I should be thankful because, uh, (laughs) where, you know, but yeah, that's my first memory.
1: Uh, That's, that's lovely. Yeah. That's
2: an awesome memory.
1: If if I could throw in one more memory that he's, he's reminded me of a memory of Friday the 13th that involves my mother also. I was watching the film when it's revealed that Betsy Palmer is Mrs. Voorhees. My mom knew Betsy Palmer as, you know, this squeaky clean television actress. She used to date James Dean back in the day. She was on whatever that game show was. She was super squeaky clean. And I remember my mother looking at the TV screen and going, what is she doing in that? And uh, you know, just thinking like, wow, she must have really fell on hard, hard times to be in a Friday the 13th movie. Uh, but I just remember the, you know, and how she said it to you. Like, it, it's ingrained in my memory. What is she doing in that? Uh, like, it's like it's a porn or something. Uh, worse <laughs> than a porn. But, yeah, that, that reminded me of a of, uh, remember of my mother associated with Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. too.
0: Beautiful, man. I love going down memory lane like this. So uh, I, I have, I have a memory that I, you know, I, I talked to my mom about this so she can attest. She remembers this. Um, it's 1997 or eight. And I'll never forget. It was close to my birthday. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were, we were going to Kmart. We didn't in, in St. Bernard Parish, New Orleans, down in New Orleans, suburb of New Orleans, Chalmette, Louisiana, we had a big Kmart. We didn't have a Walmart. We, we didn't get a Walmart till literally a few months before uh, Katrina actually struck, believe it or not. So we're going to Kmart. It's the weekend. I was in kindergarten or first grade, something like that. I was very young, but we were going to the wrestlers because it was my close to my birthday. My mom said, if you do good in school, I'll get you a macho man. I'll get you a, whatever you want. So we go into Kmart. I'll never forget my mom. Wanted, my mom wanted they had these they had these gigantic plastic Coke bottles filled with caramel popcorn. And there was you could get a Steve. This is it's like it's a wrestling thing, but it's not. I assure you there was a Steve Austin 316 one. And then you could get an NWO one. And my mom was like, which one do you want? Do you want one of these? We can eat some popcorn. I I said, oh, I want the NWO one. So we grabbed the NWO NWO thing and we're walking to the toys. And I've looked Piz high and low on the internet for an image of this. I can't find it anywhere. i stopped dead in my tracks. My mom was like, oh, look at that. That's scary. Christian, be careful. Those are scary movies. Don't look at the back or anything. I was like, what? And it was this log cabin looking plastic display. And it was – it had Friday the 13th on top of it. And it was like one of those kiosk-shaped things, and it was like four sides. And it was filled to the brim with that Friday the 13th VHS. It it wasn't the original poster art. It was kind of like that reddish cover with Mm. a silhouette.
1: Mm, And I've seen
0: the – and it was filled to the brim with those VHSs. And my mom was like, oh, man, my, uh, my mom calls me Bubba. And she was like, oh, Bubba, those are scary movies. You can't you can't really you we can't get that. You can't look at that. And I was, I was terrified. She goes, you know who Jason is, right? You can't don't mess with Jason, Bubba. I guess stay away from that. And I was <laughs> terrified. And I just vividly remember seeing this gorgeous. It was like a log cabin display filled with those VHS tapes. And I've I wanted to try to find a picture of it. But I, I haven't been able to find it. But that was the first time I ever saw. I didn't know the title Friday. I just knew Jason. Of course, you know that's Jason. But I never heard the title before Friday the Thirteenth. So that was the first time I heard the title as a kid, and I was petrified just in the store. I was like, Mom, let's go, let's go. I want to get out of here. Like the display scared the hell out of me. I had no idea who Pamela Voorhees was, but I I vividly remember that log cabin. It's just like it was yesterday. The display, but I've never seen it again online. Do you remember anything like that growing up, Piz, in the in the late late nineties?
1: Not a kiosk like that. I, I remember the 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 artwork on those VHS, those those specific VHS. I know exactly what you're talking about as far as what they look like. But I don't. I never saw any kind of uh, wood cabin kind of kiosk. That would be very. I'd love to own that. Uh, geez, that would be really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think I ever saw anything like that.
0: It's a shame. I've looked online. I've tried to Google image search it. I've never found it. But I talked to my mom about it. She remembers it like she remembers that occasion. And uh, she was like, yeah, I remember that you were freaking out. We had to get out the store, blah, blah, blah. But that is my earliest memory. Uh, it's not even seen in the movie, but that is my earliest memory of the original Friday the 13th. Mm. So. so here we are at the rating portion of the original Friday the 13th. And just to reiterate to everybody listening, only one can have a perfect 10. And uh, let's start with Nick. Nick, go ahead. We'll save Piz for last on this.
2: Um, I think a fair amount of people will be surprised at which one gets a 10 from me. Uh, I'm going to give Friday the 13th a 9.5. And that's not because I don't think it is – you know, a super influential classic horror movie. It is um, with a very shocking twist at the end, um, especially for the eighties. A lot of those slashers were very straightforward. That was pretty smart to do. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say 9.5 um, basically because I have to, because I'm only allowed to have one tent. So, and I know which one is the ten. So
0: you do. I, I think, dang, I think I'm going to be right on the nose with you. But then just again, that just first movie is so good. I I, I, I want to say 9.9. 9. I really do. <laughs> I, I want to say 10, but there.
2: I mean, I, yeah,
0: I don't want to but... be a one-upper like that. I'm just going to agree with you and I'm going to say
1: 9.5. I'm not going to do the point system. I'm just going to do solid numbers <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to give Friday the 13th a nine. It was, it, it has gone up my list a lot over the years. I think like so many people who watch the movies out of line, out of sequence, when you get to that first movie and you didn't know that Jason was in it and you're like, well, who's this old lady? Where's Jason? What the hell? Um, But over the years, the more I've watched that movie, the more I've really, I mean, it's, it's a great slasher movie. I think it's really well made. The atmosphere is fantastic. It's it's dark. It's doomy. I like the actor. I like the the characters. I like the actors. I like the dialogue. I think it's I think it's a really solid, really well made slasher movie that doesn't get the the respect that it deserves. To be perfectly honest, uh, but it's it's definitely one that the more times I see it, the more times I, I the more I appreciate it. So I would give it a, a very very solid nine.
0: There it is. So
2: nines all the way around for the original we're, Friday the 13th. We're all saving our 10. Can't wait to see what everybody picks.
0: Yeah, well, I know Piz, and I think Piz knows what mine is, but I'm not sure about you. I think I know, too, Nick. I would be surprised if we all – anyway, we'll save it. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> all right, all right. God, Let's all right. move. Friday the 13th, part two, earliest memory, Piz.
1: Mm-hmm. The earliest memory of part two would have to be watching it on USA up all night during one of their Friday, the 13th marathons. Uh, Of course, watching it very, very edited um, for television. But um, that's my first memory of part two is USA up all night. I, I equate that one with USA up all night. There's others that I equate with USA up all night, but I'm sure I saw that one for the very first time on. USA Up All Night. But what I what I remember the most is not necessarily anything from the movie, but the promo for it that would play during USA Up All Night and how like there was one shot where you see Jason's boot and when he moves his boot, the little Friday the 13th logo jumps out at you from under his boot like he stepped on it and it comes out at the mm-hmm. screen. Uh, I don't know. That's just something that stuck in my head. Every time I watch the movie and I see that scene where, you know, Jason steps forward and i i I think the Friday 13th logo is gonna come shooting out of the ground at me or something um but uh it would have to be yeah just USA up all night what that the earliest memory of part two is connected to USA up all night for sure
0: was USA up all night I, I caught the tail end of Joe Bob growing up, but I never saw the USA. Was that the, was it a similar formula? Was there a host between commercials?
1: Yes. Yes. You would have, it It was, it, depending on if it was Friday or Saturday night, it'd be Rhonda Shear or Gilbert Gottfried and <laughs> Rhonda Shear, Rhonda Shear was always, was, was always the better of the two, of course, not just because she was a beautiful uh buxom uh, lady, but because she was just so into it and was having such a great time and, you know her her little segments uh were just hilarious, and she would have like somebody dressed up as Jason, like sitting on her bed, and she'd be like, you know, messing with him, or um, uh, you know, the she'd be like in a grocery store with Linnea Quigley in the middle of the night, um, or just just random fun stuff, um. So yeah,
0: beautiful, beautiful. Nick Friday Part Two.
2: Uh, Friday part two was the same night as part one. I watched it that same night with my mom. Cause after you get the reveal that it's Mrs. Voorhees, I was admittedly, I was surprised, but I was a little upset because I thought I was seeing, you know, the hockey mask dude, where's the hockey mask dude at? My mom's like, no, the next one's on next. We'll watch it. We watched it. And I was still upset because he didn't have the hockey mask yet. So <laughs> I'm like, well, where's the hockey mask dude? Um, but I remember part two actually scaring me more than the first one. Uh, on, upon watch. And I think part of that just had to do with Jason's presence. Um, but, uh, that was my first memory. It was that night. Um, I, I walked away from that movie saying, oh, that was so much better than the first one. And I think that was just me as a kid angry that Jason wasn't in the first one. Um, and uh, then I vividly remember after that. Well, obviously we'll get to this, but my mom was like, "Those are the only two good ones." So like, don't worry about watching any of the other ones. You know, as you get older, those are the only two good ones. She said the same thing about Halloween. So, obviously, didn't take her advice. But yeah, that night we uh, we watched them back to back, man, and it was it was fun.
0: Hell yeah, I love it. All right, so for me, God, this is in- totally embarrassing. I was the atypical. Intro Friday the 13th fan. When I when I, – I've shared the story a million times. Nightmare 2 got me hooked into horror, and then after I watched all the nightmares, I did the Fridays. And I just went ahead and started buying them, right? I would go to the Fye and I would buy one, and then I'd go back and buy part whatever. I would just get whatever one they had because they never had every entry. So I would just get part five one week, get part three the next week, yada, yada. Part two was the last of the first eight Paramounts I remember buying, and uh, I could have bought it earlier, but I didn't because I thought I, I was like the fan of the pomp and circumstance of the franchise more like the latter sequels with just the Jason and what you saw in YouTube. You know, you'd go to YouTube and type in "Avenged Sevenfold." jason and you would just see a Venge seven song play and be clips of jason killing people and it was always entries from the latter that i would see so i was like oh those are the ones i want to watch so i completely watched them out of order and part two was the last one i watched because i was like eh, well he don't even have the hockey mask i don't want to see that <laughs> you know sure enough i finally watched it did i did love it but admittedly i didn't love it that m- as much as half of the other ones like I really love I remember when I first got into it Part 7 was the one I was like oh this is the best one this is exactly what I want but <laughs> but then after watching Part 2 I was like no that that really was good and uh, I watched the special features on those red case DVDs with the artwork that they did for those and that was the first time I remember seeing probably, I think it was the first time I, m- I remember seeing Peter Brackey cuz he was in the special features of that and he talked about his book Crystal Lake Memory And I I immediately went online, and I I wouldn't have been – I wouldn't be surprised if it was Piz whose video I saw or somebody's. I typed in Crystal Lake Memories, and sure enough, I saw the book, and my jaw hit the floor. I was like, I need that. So that day, same day, went to Books a Million or whatever it was and found the book and bought it, and I I read it front to back right after that. So I remember that was the earliest memory I can remember with Part 2. So –
2: well, and yeah, Piz has actually made me uh, over the years go back and rewatch some of the Friday movies. I'll watch one of his videos and I'm like, man, he really likes this movie. I went through his ranking a couple of years ago when, he, when you did the ranking Piz and you like talked about every single one. And I like when you do those ranking videos because you can tell you put effort into it and time. And, you know, some of these I'm like. Some fans, casual fans, might think this is a deep cut, like I did. Like, this movie might be a deep cut. But then you go and watch it, and you're like, no, I mean, it has merit. So, yeah, I mean, to what you said, Christian, dude, I've found myself many times being influenced by the videos Piz makes to go back and revisit certain Friday sequels. So mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool.
0: And over the years, you your taste kind of – I guess your taste evolved. I don't necessarily want to say change, but for lack of a better word, I guess you could say that. But, yeah, now – I mean, the posters that fly high in this bedroom, as you can see, there's a day bill of part two behind me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, it was Jason takes Manhattan posters and Jason goes to hell posters. But now the older I get, the lower the entry number is that makes onto the wall. So I've got an Mm -hmm. original part one poster and a part two poster. I've got a part three poster I'm going to put up in here now. Like it's the earlier ones that I'm loving more now as I get older and watch these films more and more. So it's just interesting Friday. The Friday franchise is insane. How many movies I I have changed my mind on there's more we'll talk about, but yeah. Um, so Nick, what do you rate part two, man?
2: You know, every day I wonder if part two is better than part one. Uh, and I, but I don't want to do the same thing. So I'm just going to do a solid nine for part two. Um, Tomorrow, I probably think it's better than the first one. Um, we flip flop uh, over here, but uh, yeah, I'm going to say a solid nine. I think that it's just as good, in my opinion, as the first one. It's one of those rare sequels that just you don't really drop off much in quality, um, and a lot of people think it's better than the first one. So yeah, yeah I'll say a solid nine.
0: All right. Well, we'll. St- I-, I like the idea of stay- staying out of the weeds and staying with a solid number. That's 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 probably better. I do think at this moment in time that the first one is the one that eclipses it, but not by much. So I'm still going to stick with a nine for part two. So
1: I'll give it an eight. Give it an eight. All right. For muffin. (laughs) There's going to be a seven, but muffin just pushes it right over the edge.
0: (laughs) Muffin I thought you say it was Warrington, man. It's hard work. Well, I
1: mean, you know, at Warrington's the real Jason, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that.
0: Okay, moving on to Friday the Thirteenth. Is it? Let me ask you: Is it Friday the Thirteenth three D, or is it or is it Friday the Thirteenth Part Three? What's I've the always wondered the title? same
2: thing. The end credits say Part Three. Tell us, Piz. On, Piz.
1: We need you. I we mean, need I, you. I, I, well, I I remember a lot of the. Um, didn't the posters say like Friday the Thirteenth? Well, I think some of them did promote the 3D. Some of them kind of didn't. Like, yeah, that's like the classic one. But I, 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 I think there's also one that actually says something about 3D on it. I might be wrong
2: about that. No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I have seen a poster that just says Friday the 13th 3D. Yeah, uh,
1: 3D. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think... um I, th- I think they may have promoted it more uh, the 3D when it was in in theaters, and then once it got onto home video and so on and so forth, they kind of you know it was just became more part three, but that's yeah. most likely what happened. I I would think.
0: You know, Piz. Before we get onto this, I've got to ask your opinion on something. Okay, what you're looking at, as you know just as well as everybody else, is this is the uh, initial run of the pa- uh, Paramount DVDs. Why? did they change the artwork to unoriginal poster arts or home video releases rather than, you know, the posters for these midway? Why do you think they, they did that?
1: Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. I, I, I think I, the, uh, the, the, the thing about all those releases and why they're so wonky is because Paramount just gives them to whoever's working in that department. They're they're not fans of the series. They don't know anything about the series. Their job is graphics. So they're making graphics for their their job list is Mission Impossible. <laughs> they show up to work and Monday your list is Mission Impossible. Uh, Forrest Gump, Friday the 13th Part 6. So they approach Friday the 13th Part 6 the same way as they approach Mission Impossible and Forrest Gump. They just kind of, I mean, if you look at what the, um, that new blu-ray set that's coming out this year there's three pick. there's three images of part seven jason on there and you've got part two in the corner looking like the odd (laughs) man out you know what i mean nobody who's a fan of that series put that together that was just like uh okay we'll put a jason here jason there and a jason there and a jason here but did you realize that those are all three the same jasons i there's more than one jason <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, so that that's the reason why when you open up the 10 box set, you see Willa Ford staring right at you. Not Mrs. Voorhees, not Mrs. Voorhees' head, not Jason, not Alice. Willa freaking Ford. That's because uh-huh. somebody just typed in Friday the 13th on Google. Bam, there's that image. They threw it on there. Mm. So,
0: there we go. All right, Piz. Earliest memory. 3D.
1: Mm, Part three in 3D. What would be my. I actually think my earliest memory of that one involves me taking it off the shelf, turning it around to the back, and going, oh, he's got his hockey mask now. We're going to read this one. (laughs) Because on the back of the box, you see Jason like reaching through the window of the van to get um, Chris. And you see he's got the mask on. And for some reason, I remember taking the, the VHS box off the shelf and looking at the back of it and being like, oh, feeling like relief or, or excitement. Like, okay, he's got the mask in this one. Because I watched them all out of sequence. I, I I would love to know. I'd love to go back in time and see. I know which one I started with, but I don't remember where I branched off from there. But I, I'm pretty sure some of the older ones were after The newer ones so part three was probably the fourth or fifth one i saw probably after one and two actually to be honest because because i'm like okay he's got the mask in here good um so i think that's my earliest memory of that movie is is picking up the vhs box and going oh great he's got the mask in this one i've got to rent this one Mm
0: -hmm. and uh, this is just a random question in terms of the posters you know this isn't something i don't think i've ever asked you before are you a fan of that part three poster with the showers curtain with a silhouette
1: yeah yeah I think it I think it's um I think it's I think it's simple but effective I'm not i I've never really dug the um the wood grain look of the logo I, I like that classic you know like a white logo in the Friday the thirteenth with like the blood on the thirteen, like the yeah. wood grain stuff on the on that one. Yeah. I, I've never been a big fan of that logo, but I, I like the overall image of the knife going through the shower curtain and, you know, coming at you kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh they use it again on the this is a blockbuster copy I bought when they went out of business. It's mm-hmm. the same font, just they put it in red right there. In the red, so. yeah.
1: I think if, if we if we want to talk about posters really quick, I think part one is still the best poster. That's the one that I saw in the video store on the VHS box, looking at it and just being like,
0: "What is this?" In,
1: intimidated by that artwork, like being kind of like, "Ooh, I don't. This might be too scary for me." Because um, I remember thinking like, "Okay, so all these little cartoon people are gonna die." <laughs> they're all trapped in the woods and somebody's going to kill them. There was something about it that really, I don't know. It it it, it kind of got under my skin as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh it intimidated me before I'd even seen the film. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Nick. Let's do it.
2: All right, let's do it, man. Um so if I'm remembering correctly, my first memory of Part 3 was I have a buddy uh named Tommy. He is, um, he's a little bit older than me, Friday Fanatic. And I'm not kidding you, looks like Piz. I've always told him that. And I'm like, dude, are you sure you guys aren't the same person? You're do this. <laughs> <laughs> you good do looking this. son of a gun. <laughs> you moonlight as Piz out. But, um, he loved it. And, uh, one night I was staying at their house, I was probably 12 or 13. And, uh, he had one of the releases with the, the 3D glasses. And, uh, I remember we watched it, and I'm pretty sure, obviously, it didn't work watching with the 3D glasses on just a regular old TV. I think it was a box TV, too, so no, it didn't work. Um, but I convinced myself that it did. I was like, whoa, that came right at me, and that was obviously just the camera work. But um, that was my first memory, and um, the thing that stuck with me about that movie, uh, and when I think back, my first viewing it was when god i can't remember the dude's name when he gets when he's walking on his hands and he gets cut down like right down the middle and then she's laying in the hammock and looks up and he's just right up there and the freaking rafters bleeding on her and you see him like cut in half like that always stuck with me uh but yeah that was that was one of those late nights 4 a.m eat pizza rolls drink mountain dew and watch horror movies when you're a teenager that's what we did Mm -hmm.
0: oh yeah middle american Mm -hmm. right there
1: Mm
2: One of the best kills in the
1: series. I mean, just watching, every time you watch that one, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen the movie, when that one happens, you you just got to cringe. You feel that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The best. Not
2: pretty. No, not pretty. What about you, Christian?
0: Okay. Yeah, so my brother, this, okay, so at this moment in time, my brother had graduated. He's been out of high school for a few years. He was in college, and he was really good to me. still is, still this day. And when I really got into horror, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna watch these movies with you, you know? And he's the guy that affectionately that one faithful night was like, Hey Christian, we watching any more of those Jason movies? I was like, yeah, we're going to watch this one. And I handed him Jason goes to hell. And he goes, he goes, Oh hell yeah. Jason goes straight to hell. Let's watch it. (laughs) So now I can only call it. Jason goes straight to hell. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so he used to do this thing where I would do, I would do stuff to help him out. He had, uh, a sound business where he would do DJ gigs and basically show up with a laptop with LimeWire with a million songs on it, and he'd have playlists called weddings, uh, you know, trap trap parties, whatever. And he basically show up, plug the speakers up, hit the play button. Yeah. Two hours later, collect his money and go home. Yeah. So I would help him out sometimes, and he would always take care of me on the back end. So. We did it. I remember I helped him out at Louisiana Tech doing a a, a pool party thing. He goes, he goes, Christian, come do the show. It me for a few hours. I'll make it worth your while tomorrow. I was like, okay. So we do the show, go to sleep that night. He used to have one of those little. It was like a little uh, can with the horn on it. The ones that go burr, like you, uh. like you, you see him at football games. He comes into the bedroom. I'm sleeping. I've got. A, I'm sleeping on a futon in my bedroom because. I had a futon at the time. He goes, cranks that thing goes, get up. Let's go. Let's get something to eat. Get you a Blu-ray. I was like, okay. So I get up, takes me to Taco Bell. We, we tear up some, uh, quesadillas. We go to FYE. And I, at this point, I was midway through buying the Paramount tapes. I hadn't bought the other ones yet, Jason X or Jason Goes to Hell Yet, because I, I was just wanted to get those. I really liked the artwork they did for those deluxe editions. So I was like, let me finish getting these and blah, blah, blah. I had bought them out of order, and this was like the fourth or fifth one I was getting. So we go to FYE, and there's part three. <whistles> Grab it. He goes, that's what you want? I was like, yeah. We check out. Takes me home. That night, we're hanging out. We go hang out with our buddy's house. We get back, and Trey's like, you, you going anywhere tonight? you going to see your girlfriend or something? I said, no, nah, I just want to take it easy. because goes, let's watch that Friday movie. So we open it up. He gets his old English 40 out. This sucker is massive in his hands. He goes, let's go. Let's watch it. And I was like, oh, Trey, this one's 3D. It's got glasses. He goes, hell yeah. Give me the glasses. <laughs> so I put the glasses on. I'm sitting like a mile. Our living room in my parents' house was really big. So we're a mile away from this 45 50 inch TV. He's sitting next to me, guzzling his old English 40. I'm sitting right next to him. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. I was like, oh Trey, this is the one where he gets the hockey mask. Blah, blah, blah. We start the movie. We got the lights cranked out. He's sipping on that thing about 20 minutes in. Like, it's not good 3D because it's the red blue, right? It's not the true IMAX style 3D. (laughs) About 20 minutes in. You know, you've got a couple of the gags happen. It's kind of cool. I just hear a big, I'm like, what's wrong? Trey goes, uh, I got to take these glasses off, man. I ain't feeling too good. I'm like, what's wrong? Are you getting sick? He goes, I don't think this 3D is mixing with this old English. He takes the glasses off. He just kind of leans back in his chair like this. He goes, I'll be right back. He goes in the bathroom. I just hear him. He yaks. <laughs> gags his butt off. <laughs> Comes back and he goes, all right, I feel good, man. Can we just do the 2D version instead? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we start the movie over. We played the 2D version. And at that point, that was like my favorite one I had watched. I loved part three. I was like, okay, this is what I had in mind. When you hear Friday the 13th, like this was exactly what I had in mind. So, yeah, that was a great memory. I'll take that till my dying day. So, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, do not mix the paramount dvd 3d with an old english 40 sitting a mile away from a tv
1: yeah i, I wouldn't i wouldn't mix old english with anything just let <laughs> old old english needs to be its own dish you know what i
0: mean <laughs> oh man all right nick
2: rate it oh, of course of course it's me first so all right i'm just gonna do it it's a 10 uh it's my favorite friday movie As Christian just said, I think it has everything that Friday needs. Um, I think that Steve Miner's directing is super underrated. Uh, I think that movie is shot really well. I think the characters overall are very likable. The acting is very good. I love Chris. I think she's a great final girl. Um, I always remember her getting carried away in that police car, just laughing maniacally and looking at the barn. And, you know, it's like, oh, she's she's done for. She's going to the loony bin. Um, and uh, I just I just love the movie. I think that this is also obviously before you had the MPAA a neuter the Friday the 13th franchise. So you got some awesome kills in this movie. Just some of my favorite kills. Yeah, I just I love it. So I'm going 10 on it. That's the two D version of so old English. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm so happy that you rated that too because I I love part three. It's not my favorite. I'm actually gonna go with a. Str- I call it a strong seven. Okay, oh. I do think it's the weaker of the Steve Miner Fridays. I thought like part two, legitimately, felt like a Sean S. Cunningham film, which I think is what the crux of Friday is. You know, um. I just give it a strong seven I, I don't have anything bad to say I just give it a strong seven so that that's where I stand on part three Help
1: me I would here, give I, I would give it a seven too it's my it's my least favorite of the first four but I mean I, there's still a lot of things I, I like about it it is a little there's some there's some you get there were a few ideas there they didn't quite think through. And I think they were a little more I think they were minor was a little more focused on getting those 3D gags right than anything else. But um, I love um, I love Richard Brooker as Jason. There's a lot of I, I, I usually say there's there's two camps. You're either a Brooker guy or a hotter guy. And even though Brooker only did one, he's got a lot of fans. And I think he... Um, I, I love the look of Jason in Part 3 once he's unmasked. I love that look. Mm-hmm. I love the mask from Part 3, too. Um, that's that's my favorite one to paint, really. Um, that that barn scene. I love the barn scene look of that mask. Um, but I, I really love Brooker's performance as Jason. Um, you know, the characters are... are I, I love the biker characters. I think they're really interesting. How can you not love Shelley? You know what I mean? Um, God, I feel so
2: bad for him.
1: <laughs> poor Shelley. Not to mention,
0: the African-American gentleman in the film has to be related to Dave Chappelle. That guy looks exactly <laughs> like Dave Chappelle.
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. For, for me, it's 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 not as strong as one or two, and it's pretty far back there compared to four, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I would say really quick, I'm, this is not a, you know, this is just my like objectively speaking are one and two probably better made movies. Yeah. I just, I just have such fond memories of part three and I feel like I got everything I wanted out of a Friday the 13th movie. And I feel like that's the one that I revisit probably more than any of them. But yeah, I agree. I knew I'd be the lone wolf here.
1: No, I know. I know a lot of people who are like that. I know a lot of people who three is, it's If it's not their favorite, it's right up there, and Brooker is their favorite Jason. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are like that.
0: Yeah. And in terms of music, that disco theme is money. It's just yeah. so oh, yeah. unadulterated money.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love yeah. three. Aesthetically, yeah. three is, aesthetically, three is a 10 to me. I mean, at, I love the feel of three. Like I said, when I think of Friday the 13th, part three is one that jumps to mind quickly quickly just comes right to mind um but yeah i just think that the i think his i think his previous friday part two was quote-unquote the better one you know you don't have jason raping people or or attempting to rape people or you don't yeah the that wire was always gags
2: that was always confusing to me that that was always confusing to me and the wire gag with the snake yeah which is so obvious like i but I at the
0: time know. it was so i mean it's fun i mean you know it's yeah, fun
2: yeah. If we, you, could, you could spend your life picking apart 80s movies for some of these gags that don't age well. That's not the point. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I will say this for part three. Whenever I either drink orange juice out of the carton or eat a chocolate donut, I think of Harold in the store with the bunny. Mm-hmm. So whenever I eat a chocolate donut or drink OJ out of the carton, I think Harold.
2: Yeah. yeah. I just think that, that scene, too, with Harold, it, I think that that whole, like, it's not the opening opening, but it's right after the opening. I think that's pretty suspenseful. I don't think it that is. really gets talked about enough. You know, Jason kind of stalks them for a good 10 minutes before mm-hmm. he does anything. So there's I like
1: there's that. a really there's a really good sequence, really good part of that, too, where you can see Jason sort of how he how he tries there's the scene where she's getting the clothes off the line and Jason's like standing next, standing next to the barn or the, whatever the garage and he wants her to come into the garage.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: He's trying to lure her into the garage because he knows he can get her by herself and boom, she's done, but she doesn't go into the garage. So you kind of see a little bit of the mindset of Jason of like, you know, there's something going on in his head. He's not Mm -hmm. just, you know, if there's something going on up there. He understands, okay, let me separate her. Let me get her away, take care of her. Then I'll get Harold with the donut. I'll stuff the donut down his throat. Um, you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. that was, um, I think that that might've been the first time in the series really where you kind of see the wheels turning in Jason's head. Cause the part two Jason that I remember, he's more of that just kind of, He's coming at you kind of Yeah, I see
2: you. I I see you. I kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and also really quick. I know I don't want to get too into the weeds, but also to what you said, um, there's the scene where I can't remember the dude's name, the stoner dude that's in the outhouse. And Jason tries to lure him into the barn as well. Right. um, Where he shakes the outhouse and then he comes out to see who it is. And you see Jason going into the barn. He's like, Oh, is that you Shelly? Is this one of your jokes? Like, yeah, yep. he definitely, there's something going on up there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Now I just want to, I want to watch part three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: just watched it before we did uh, this. So. And
1: and I mean, and I mean, again, uh, something else, it, it's, it, it's lower on my list, but there's these moments that keep popping in my head that are very effective. When the unmasked Jason sees Chris out on the boat and he's hissing and he's clawing at the window to try. And, that's freaky,
2: man. Mm-hmm. That's freaky. Then he just comes out the door and he's just running at lumbering around at her. And I'm like, what the hell?
1: He bursts out that door. That door Mm -hmm. explodes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All All right.
0: right. Reminiscing about 3D. All right. Here we go. (laughs) The not so final chapter. Piz, just go ahead and take it away. What do you start with the final chapter?
1: Oh, I, I always start with Tommy. Because I was young when I first saw that movie, and Tommy was me. He was the horror fan, uh, you know, video game playing kind of guy, you know, a uh, single mother family, which is what I was, was my predicament as a young man, too. So I really felt this kinship with young Tommy. I think this was even before I, I even kind of knew who Corey Feldman was. Maybe. Maybe I'd seen The Lost Boys by then. I don't, I probably had, but it wasn't like, oh, it's, it's the frog brother. It was like, oh, it's, he's kind of like me. He likes horror and he's into masks and he plays video games. And, you know, I I dig that. I dig that. But then at the same time, what got to me was, well, Jason hurt him. He's just a little kid. Jason Jason won't kill him, will he? He's just a little kid. So that was something too, that kind of. You know, watching the movie as a kid thinking like, oh, man, will Jason hurt him? And then when like Jason's after them being like, oh, crap, Jason's for real. Uh, There was there was there was more um, there was an added kind of danger. There seemed to be more on the line uh, having young Tommy in the film. So that was the thing that I really latched on to the first time I watched the film.
0: brilliant brilliant nick
2: it's it is literally the same thing uh i had already seen the lost boys because my mom loved the lost boys so we actually owned that movie and um it was the same friend tommy that showed me it and um we watched the final chapter one night as well and i just remember the same thing cuz i was i think i was like 12 and i was i identified with him too uh and i thought to myself like it it Piz basically said everything that I felt. It's like, you're a kid. You feel like if you put yourself in that position, if I were in this situation, well, Jason wouldn't, you know, Jason wouldn't kill him. Jason's not going to hurt him. He's a little kid. Like, and then you see him hurt him and you're like, well, damn, like, okay. Uh, So it all, it makes you kind of scared as a child. Like if I came across someone like this, even though I'm a kid, they would still want to hurt me. Um, and also I just, I I loved Corey Feldman because of the lost boy. So I remember when I saw him in the movie, I was like, wait, he's in this. And Tommy was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's in this. And I was like, wow. Um, but the thing that always stuck in my crawl with that movie was as cliched as it is, it's the end with just the nasty face and the die, die. I mean, I just always remembered that that stuff was pure nightmare fuel as a child, because you get the nasty face and, and just the brutality of that scene. And a kid is doing this, you know, it's that really mm. stuck with me. Yeah.
0: Mm. <clears throat> I think for me, I well, it was really great. I wish I remembered the guy's name. Not that he probably watches my channel, but nothing is better when you go to a store or there's a store you frequent like an FYE or a rental store, or whatever. And you become friends with somebody that works there and, you, they give you recommendations, and you can trust them. Um, there was this one guy. He had long hair, rock and roll dude, worked at, at the uh, FYE I had near me. And he would take notice of the stuff I was buying. He's like, dude, I'm seeing you come in here a lot. I mean, are you just now getting into these films and stuff like that? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I was like, I wish you guys would have all the Fridays at the same time. So He, he goes, I, people are buying them, and it's hard to keep them on the shelves. Take in mind, those deluxe DVDs hadn't been out too, too terribly long at this point. And sure enough, it was another trip. Got the final chapter, and I'm such an idiot. I used to, I had all, I got everyone I had had those like those covers over them, those uh, holographic slip covers. Yeah, I, I threw them away. I got rid of them like a dummy. <laughs> I was like, I don't need these, you know. Which I'm apparently not the only person who ever did that, but you know, sure enough, I uh, go to the checkout counter. Guys, like, have you seen this one yet? I was like, no, man, I've kind of bounced around. I saw the first one. Then I saw the third one. Then I saw the sixth one. Now now here I am. He goes, oh, man, this is the one. And so like when I bought it, I was like, oh, boy. And I was like, the la- I-, I even said this. Like, oh, so the last one's the best one or something? Because it doesn't say part four on the cover. It just says final chapter. Right. And like I said, I was ignorant. I was just right to get into this. He's like, oh, dude, this is the best one. I was like, oh, so they did say save the best for last. And he goes, no, no, they didn't. I mean, this is the fourth one. I was like, huh? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just go home. If you watch part three, this is part four. This is the best one. So the anticipation, that was the longest car ride of my life. It was a 30-minute <laughs> ride to the mall. I was ready to see this movie. It was literally we oh, like a week before Halloween, so the mood was right. Everything was right. And, yeah, that movie, it sure enough – my brother watched that one with me, and we were both like, dude, this one's great. This That Jason is the last one I'd want to run into because here is a big, burly dude, and I, I had the chance of meeting Ted White. He's not, a, he's not a gimmick. He's an old man still going. God bless him. Stay with us, Ted. He's a big son of a gun. That's a big man, okay? And I remember watching that movie. I was like, okay, that Jason, would I would be terrified to be near. Loved the movie. Loved Corey Feldman. He was always the the Gremlins kid to me because I hadn't seen Lost Boys until my latter teens. So, I, matter of fact, I think I actually saw Friday Four before that. But I had seen Gremlins growing up, so he was always the Gremlins kid to me. And I was like, "Oh, there's the Gremlins kid! Oh my god, it's uh, it's Marty McFly's dad." Like, that's of yes. course how I knew Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. And so I remember the dance stuff, and I was like, "Whoa, that that's that's different. That's different, <laughs> you know." But I accepted it. I accepted it and all that. But yeah. That was probably one of the best first time watches of my life with a horror movie. I mean, seriously, loved it. I just loved every cell of that movie. So I think a lot of people do. But yeah, great memory. Mm -hmm. I I just I miss those days. My FYE is now gone, you know, but great times. Great times.
2: All right. So we we get right into the rating. No, I, let's, let's let Piz go first. Cause I think this is your 10, but I want to hear what Piz thinks.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah. I think, um I, I mean, for me, the final chapter is like the perfect slasher movie. You've got great body count. You've got awesome effects. You've got, I mean, like you said, you know, Ted white is, I think he gets overlooked when it comes to Jason's. Like I said, you know, that you're either like a Brooker guy or a hotter guy. But um, the part four Jason is really a sinister diabolical kind of Jason. He's killing people, but he's also like, you know, uh, uh, pinning them to doors and putting them in different places to scare people and like create uh, barriers. And um, he's really bloodthirsty in this film. Some of those kills are just, I mean, the, the, the guy who gets the, the spear in the groin and he's lifted up out of the water. Oh my God. That's just, oh, uh, just thinking about that makes me cringe. Um, the characters, and I think it's, I think it's really well-written. The family element of that film is fantastic. All those characters are just really great. Um, and I think the, the movie doesn't get enough uh, recognition for how well-written it is also. So if, if I'm coming at the final chapter purely objectively, I'm giving it a 10. Um, because again, I think it's the perfect slasher, and and the and the people behind the series knew how well it was because when they were making part seven, after you know the Freddy versus Jason thing got thrown out, Frank Bancuso Jr. told Daryl Haney, "Just watch part four and rip it off." So they even knew this is like the best one we got. So if I'm coming at the series 100% objectively, I mean that one would be number one on my list. It's it's a ten.
2: Yeah, um, I, I, I gave out my 10, um, but I do, I do agree with every point you made. I think that the final chapter is way better than a fourth movie in a horror film series has any right to be. And uh, I feel the same way about a movie like Halloween 4. Um, so I'm going to go with a 9. Um, but I will say that I probably watch the final chapter more than I watch the original or part two. So
0: it's a 10. Um, yep. The final chapter is the one I watch the least. And you want to you know why? It's because the final chapter is a special event. Whenever I put that one on, it's a cut above, it's a special event, it's a main event movie. I don't want to watch it once a week, once a month. I may watch it twice a year at most because when I put it on, it's a special thing. So mm. I don't want to watch it too much. Like there's a lot of comfort. Mo- Return to Living Dead 2 is one of the most like comfort movies I know. I just watch it all the time. It's easy to throw on and kick back, relax, go to sleep too, take my mind off things. But there are main event mo- movies, and the final chapter is a main event movie. So I sp- literally purposely space it out so I don't get used to the film so yeah it's a 10 i think it is one of the greatest slasher films of course i haven't seen all of them i have a ton of them i need to see tons of excuse me tons of them i need to see but i i i i call it the greatest one of the greatest slashers ever if not the greatest slasher ever i love it it's perfect mm-hmm. to me trish is one of my favorite final girls because of oh, her I, I love, trish. She, I
1: love she's
0: trish so too. subtle i think she was just gorgeous in that movie I just loved her. Her reactions, her facials, uh the way she like reacted to Jason was just great. So, mm-hmm. I love I, I loved her.
1: I love her at the end when basically, I mean, it, it, everybody's dead but her and Tommy. So she's the only thing standing between Jason and Tommy. And I mean, she gives Jason a run for his money when she's holding that that machine. She's like, "You know, I've got something for you. I've got something for you." And you know, when she's when he's got her down and she's just pounding on his mask. I mean, he, she she gives him a run for his money. She messes him up pretty good. So I mean, I, that's something I always respected about Trish too. She's right up there with you know one of my favorite Final Girls too, who doesn't get the 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 recognition that she deserves. And, and more on Ted White. I I've I've met most of the Jasons, and Ted White had to be the biggest. Ted White. I I, I kind of had to look up to Ted White. I've never had to do that with another Jason. Brooker was a big guy. Hodder, of course, is a big guy. Uh, Let's see who else have I met. Uh, I mean, Warrington Gillette is like eight feet tall. Uh, I'm joking. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, and and Ted White was probably in his 80s when I met him. But I mean, huge guy, built like he could kick a 20-year-old's ass with no issues. He is, uh, I've heard he's not in great health now. Uh, His convention days are kind of behind him. His signing days are also kind of behind him at this point. So that's kind of unfortunate, but um, yeah, he um, super nice guy. Uh, I asked him a story about. um, forget What what did I ask? I don't remember what I asked him about, but he, he, he was talking about how much he wanted to strangle Corey Feldman. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know if he realized that, the adult Corey Feldman was sitting next to him, but he was just like, Oh, that kid. Oh, I, Oh, he, I, Oh, I hated him. I just wanted to mm-hmm. strangle him every single day. And I, I honestly don't, I, he probably didn't care. Cause I mean, he's five feet taller than Corey Feldman is, but Feldman was just sitting next to him. Like, oh, my. but uh, I can imagine Ted, I can imagine Ted white wanting to, to strangle Corey Feldman. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, is, uh, yeah. He'd probably,
0: want to, he'd probably want to strangle adult Corey Feldman, too. Probably, too. Yeah. All right. We've come to v. probably the co-main event of the evening. The, excuse me, A, New Beginning, Friday the 13th, Part 5. Piz, I'm sure you've got some legendary memories attached to A New Beginning.
1: I do. I've got a great memory attached to it. Um... I'm a little kid sitting on the floor of my living room. My grandmother is watching the movie with me. She didn't care. She'd watch whatever with me. Didn't matter what it was. She'd just sit there and watch it with me and wouldn't say a word. Uh, So I'm watching Friday the 13th part five and the insurance lady comes. Now back in the day, when the insurance lady came by the house, you just open the door and you let her in and she came and sit down and she did her paperwork and you did whatever and blah, blah, blah. She comes in the house and it's right at the moment where Debbie Sue Voorhees is bare as the day she was born. And, um, I remember the, I'm again, I'm sitting there as a little kid on the floor watching this. And I can imagine now, you know, her like sitting there, on the couch and me sitting in front of the television, this little kid watching this beautiful, beautiful, buxom. I mean, I mean, God broke the mold after he made Debbie Voorhees, just broke that mold. And then like looking over and seeing my grandma watching it with me and just having like no objections whatsoever. And I remember the insurance lady said, um, does your mother know that you're watching this? And uh, I think I said something to the effect of, oh yeah, yeah. She rented it for me. So, um, she was aghast that I was watching Friday the 13th Part 5, watching this beautiful uh, naked woman um, who who eventually gets a pair of garden shears through her eyes. Uh, She was aghast. I can only imagine. She probably called, you know, uh, Child Protective Services after she left the house. And uh, I can imagine her going back to the office and going, oh, my God, these people. That, that boy's going to grow up and be a complete psychopath. <laughs> and uh, look at me now. So um, that's my earliest memory of Friday the 13th Part 5, the insurance lady being aghast at me watching Debbie Sue Voorhees in that film.
2: And,
0: uh, now, let me ask you this, though. Even at that that young age, was that a top-tier Friday for you?
1: Here's the thing with Friday 5. I don't... i when I, I don't remember my placement of it the first time i watched it i remember there was a lot of things i liked about it i really loved the end that took place in the barn i thought that was really cool as i got a little bit older i mean of course it be it it, it took on the the um it was labeled you know the, the one with the fake jason it was the fake jason movie and so it was kind of it, it it was down a few pegs on the list it what definitely wasn't near my favorite uh, Fridays. It was probably more toward the bottom. But, I mean, it was one of those movies that I revisited more and more off uh, over the years, and um, mostly thanks to USA Up All Night. And just the the humor of that film and how dark the humor is and the characters that are just... This part five has the most memorable characters of the series. There's no doubt about that. Everything about that movie... I I love now um with every fiber of my being. Um I really think that's just it it's that's my comfort Friday the thirteenth. Like you, you know, the one that you said you could sit back and just, you know, watch or whatever. That's my comfort Friday the thirteenth movie. I think it's a great slasher movie, a great murder mystery slasher movie that's super sleazy. Um again, super memorable characters, great freaking dialogue. Um yeah, I love everything about it. I could care less. that I actually I actually like the fact that it's an imposter. I love Roy. So, it it almost takes the series back to its roots a little bit because instead of the um vengeful mother, you've got the vengeful father here. Mm. And uh so I do I, I I love the movie.
0: Yeah. And we know that we know you love it. It's very well documented. Your love for the them. Well that's do- that's yeah. a great story. That's a great story. The insurance lady,
1: <laughs> maybe she's coming around on Friday part five. I, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure at church on Sunday, she was like, I've got a special prayer request. That little boy, <laughs> him watching them awful. That woman's boobies were so big <laughs> and they were bigger than he was. And then she got. Then, then he. Then, then somebody cut her eyes out with garden shears. Whole time grandma was on the couch,
0: just sitting there, let it happen.
1: And that boy's memo was sitting on the couch watching (laughs) this. I could not. I listen. I I I I pray for that family. That little boy.
2: Yeah, come on, man. Let's talk new beginning. <laughs> um, well, it's it's two things, my memory with it. I watched it by myself. Um, one night I was probably fifteen or sixteen. I can't remember if it was on stars or HBO or something late at night. So it was uncut. So I got to see that beautiful woman and all her beauty as well. Um, that stuck with me for quite a while. Um <laughs> but uh, the thing that the, the memory that I have from that movie is, I can't remember the guy's name, but Roy's son, when he just gets hacked up. I mean, out of nowhere. I, yeah, out of nowhere. I mean, I was just taken aback by that for like 30 minutes. I'm still sitting there like, did that really just happen? Like, hey, let me ask you this just, though, Nick.
0: Would you, would you have
2: killed him too? No. I mean, <laughs> a- you know, might have, might have like pushed him at most or yeah because he like the dude yelled at him like i get it but to go from like get away from me to i'm gonna hack you up i was like that's that's a leap man um and but also too i always i always remember like i didn't know it was roy but they really lay it on thick at some points in the movie like when he's just looking at his son's body and he looks up at the camera and it's just his face and it's just you're just looking at him you got that that score and you're just like okay this guy's pretty pissed off um and there's a couple scenes like that where they really focus on roy and his reactions so after you watch the movie and you find out it's roy you're like ah yeah i mean i they were they were leaving that freaking those breadcrumbs the whole time um but yeah that that's that's my memory of it is uh that woman um, and that kill. those That's what I can remember.
0: You know, it's what you're saying too, though. Um, when I first watched that movie too, I seriously just thought that the paramedic was glad Jason was killing everybody. That's what I thought. You know what I mean? Because I didn't. Yeah. I just figured, well, the makeup was kinda different from two from, from three to four anyway. So I guess they just figured, let's make it blue. That's cool, right? Like I just figured it's the eighties, you know. Yeah. Um, but my memory is is kind of like uh part three. Again, my brother, he took the Friday journey with me when I got hooked on him. We go in my bedroom one night. We I remember we had a Sega Genesis jam session one night and he was like, dude, let's let's play Ninja Turtles and Sega Genesis. And we beat it. Took us all night. We beat it. Uh Hyperstone Heist. Great little game. Got done with that. He's like, dude, let's watch, uh, let's watch another Friday. Where are we at? I said, uh, A New Beginning, Part 5. Because let's do it. <laughs> Sitting on a bed. We're watching the movie, and we're digging it. We're loving it. Because that movie with friends is even better. You oh, know? yeah. Because you can have fun. You can laugh. We're we're, we're just we're dying laughing at, you know... Ma'am, I haven't had a meal in three days. Can I work it off? Get behind the damn chicken coop and clean up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? So we're just, we're in tears laughing the whole movie. And I remember we get to the final sequence. Again, I love it. Top of the barn. Great stuff. He falls. Boom. You see the dude's mask kind of flip off. (laughs) I look I look with a face of I have a face of confusion like what I look at my brother he's got his old English 40 halfway gone he goes nonchalant oh that wasn't Jason (laughs) 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 and I just started laughing and then they explain what happens and then uh, just a great memory my first time watching these films were so fun my brother was there for a lot of them and you know he knows these movies by, uh, I guess, osmosis because of how much I would watch them. He he can kind of – like, he knows Roy. He knows this. He knows that. But, yeah, man, watching those movies for the first time, getting them from FYA. And I remember when I went to FYA – this is going to sound weird, but I went to FYA to get the movie. And sure enough, they had the deluxe edition DVD, and they had the Paramount initial DVD. I look at both of them. I got both in my hands. They're the same price. Okay. He goes, Christian, which one are you getting? I was like, I don't know why. I kind of like this older looking one. He goes, let's go get it. <laughs> so, sure enough, I went home. I don't own the deluxe edition part five. That's the one I don't own. I have the Paramount initial one where they started changing the artwork. That's the one I took home with me. <laughs> so, you know, uh, granted, I own it now through. Uh, you know, subsequent Blu-ray releases and whatnot. But yeah, that was the first time I didn't buy the deluxe DVD edition. I brought home that that uh, initial Paramount DVD. <laughs> so, oh uh, man, great times. I just, uh, I wish I could go back to those innocent days and watch those movies for the first time again, because God almighty, I, I knew I was watching Greatness even from the first time. You know, it wasn't like, I'll warm up to these. I was like, no, this this is what it's all about. You know, if I wouldn't have gotten to Friday the 13th from the start, I don't even, it's hard to say, like, first impressions are the most important. So getting into horror Friday the 13th is literally, I think, the best franchise to just dive into. So, man, I owe that franchise so much to to where I'm at today. But part five, what a great memory. Uh, who wants to rate it first? Who wants to go first? Go ahead,
2: Nick. All uh, right, well. It's a solid, very solid eight for me. Uh, I don't care that Roy's the killer at all. I think it makes sense. And as Piz said earlier, you know, the twist on the uh, vengeful father, I thought was really interesting. I mean, this is the black sheep of the franchise as Halloween three is the black sheep of Halloween. And, you know, I mean, you could go with every franchise and I tend to always like the black sheep. Uh, I really enjoy part five. I really, really do. I think it's a blast.
1: Well, Piz, come on. What, what do we rate in part five? Well, I mean, if I could give it, an, if I could give out another ten, I would give it a ten. I, my my heart is a ten on this one. All you know, all day, every day. Uh, but since I can't give it a ten, since I gave four a ten, and I'm 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 happy to give four of the ten, I'll give I'll give five a nine. Five mm-hmm. to me is, uh, I'm so happy that over the years the movie has gained an audience, and uh, you know. Uh, I think that's really cool because it, because it, 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 really was the black sheep for a long, long time. Uh, you know, before the, 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 the new line Fridays or Jason movies, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> this one was definitely the black sheep. This was the one that people didn't like. This was the fake Jason. And um, I don't know. I think uh, it, it, it is a big, when you look at the tone of that film compared to the first four, there's a, big big difference this is the 70s grindhouse friday the 13th and it looks like a 70s grindhouse movie um so yeah tonally it's it's a big shift but um i don't know i i I loved the shift so there you go
0: i couldn't say it any better i mean how do you not give a movie that has a mental hospital and axe wielding class apparently unsupervised (laughs) so it's a nine it's a solid nine if I was gonna, actually, no, I don't know that I would give that one a ten. I really have to think about it. We'll go, when we get done with this, we'll if we had to give one more ten, we'll talk about that. But Piz kind of already answered that. But let's go. Jason Lives. We got a few more movies. Jason Lives. Piz, where do we go? Where does it? Where does a young Piz owl see Jason Lives?
1: See the thing about Jason Lives is Jason Lives was never. I never saw it on TV. It was never part of the um um the USA up all night when, when they would do their marathon, they would usually leave out four and six. Um, so I I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know why. And and part six is really, I mean, that one wouldn't require a whole lot of editing. You know, they're doing a lot more editing on like, you know, (laughs) two and seven to make them appropriate for television. than they would have to with six. I don't know what the deal was there, but six was never like part of, those marathons for some reason. So that made it kind of, I don't know, that made it elusive to me. Like I really wanted to track it down and watch it. So the first time I saw it was on VHS. I don't remember where I got the VHS. Um, but the first time I saw it was on VHS, a a purchased VHS, not a rented VHS. I bought the VHS. um, so that, that's my first memory of part six is how kind of elusive I thought it was because it was never on television. That made it kind of special to the point where I I, I just went straight out and bought the the VHS tape. And um, so that would, that would be an early memory of just the movie as, as a whole. First memory of just the, the movie itself, um, I think it would be more of an overall memory of the film, just being like, wow this kind of this feels like a real movie kind of thing. Like, you know, there's action in this movie and there's humor in this movie. And there's a, there's like, a, there's a, there's a rocking soundtrack and, oh my God, I love this part in, in the end on the, on the, uh, on the lake. It, 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 it was like they, they put some money behind uh, this one and they, they brought in a good director and a good writer and a really strong cast. And um, wow. It, it's like, this is, they they've made a real movie here that's i don't know that that was that's my kind of memory of not a particular scene but just overall thinking like man they're kind of up in their game here mm. um so
0: beautiful so was the vhs that when you got the vhs that was at a first time watch the, the that was a
1: first time watch when i bought the vhs that was the first time i watched it
0: very very cool yeah. i love it nick what do you what about you and jason lives
2: uh, Jason Lives was another movie that I saw via my friend Tommy, because um, he had all of them, and uh, I remember watching Jason Lives, and kind of like what I said with the final chapter. Okay, this movie is way too good to be a sixth movie in a horror franchise. There, there, there's, there's no way. Um, but I remember it was another pizza roll and Mountain Dew coma induced night. And um we also we also played Halo afterward. I was gonna say it was
1: Xbox involved. Yeah, in this?
2: Of, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, the memory that I have from the movie that sticks with me still is I remember the beginning and remembering just I remember my reaction to Tommy and his friend digging up Jason because Tommy wants to be sure. And his friend is the biggest pushover in the world. Now we shouldn't do this here. Help me out. Okay. I guess now we really should stop. I'm not going to stop. Okay. I guess I'm just like the whole time. I'm like, why are you even talking? You're not going to stop it. Like uh, he just frustrated the hell out of me. But, um, and then I remember Jason being resurrected by you know the lightning and everything and i was like oh whoa that's weird and it just seemed like you got the tone of that movie right from that resurrection he gets up and he's pissed and i knew like okay this is this is going to be gnarly and i just i always remember the sheriff too i I, i hated and i loved the sheriff i hated that he wouldn't even just check he wouldn't even just check tommy's trying to tell him like dude just go here do this you know like he wouldn't even just check. He's like, no, you're crazy. And I get it. We want to bury the past. Forget about it. But he pissed me off. But then I loved him, and I hated to see him die. Um, but yeah, part part six, uh, I have fond memories of that.
0: I think for me too, I think this was probably the last Paramount Friday I watched. I remember, same story, going to the store, getting it, all that hoopla I remember watching it on a Friday night and till this day, when I do watch part six, I try to make sure it's on a Friday night. Cause that one feels like the day Friday to me so much more than some of the others. Like part three is a Saturday night movie. It feels like, and I think in the way it goes, it's kind of close to a Saturday night anyway, or part two, one of them, part two or three, one of them actually takes right. place like on a Saturday. But my point was I watched that one on a Friday night and I thought, holy crap, this is the best opening sequence out of any of them I've seen. I loved the opening sequence. But then I, I didn't really love the movie, and I didn't like it for a while. It was pretty low on my list. I've come around to it so much now, but I don't necessarily know what it was. I used to always say, why is Jason wearing garden gloves? Why does he have a tool belt? Why is he looking at <laughs> home improvement? And I would just kind of harp on that and not revisit the movie often. So it would be my least watch one over the last 10 years. So I eventually asked myself not long ago – I mean this is kind of a recent memory. I was like, why do I say I don't love that one so much? Alice Cooper's top five of my favorite bands, musicians. I love the soundtrack. What What is it about that movie I don't love? Return of the Living Dead's my favorite movie. Tom Matthews is in that. What, what do I don't love? And I was watching it, and I was like, I, I love this movie. I, I, I guess I was just not watching it and just saying that because I was just saying that. Who cares if he's got gloves on? So what? Um, and now I love it, but, but I do remember when my first time watching it, I was like, this opening sequence is something else. I loved it. So just another good memory. It was a good time in my life uh, when I was watching these movies. I just, I've never felt more alive up until that point, getting to the horror was like, I finally found what it was. I was looking for that. I didn't know I was looking for. And by the time I watched the last paramount Friday, which was six, I was like, I just have a feeling I'm going to be dealing with these films for a very long time. And here we are years later, but yeah, great, great fun memories with part six. And I'm glad that I now really love it. I watch it quite often now. So that's me with part six.
1: I think some people's qualms with the movie, and maybe this was part of the reason why you didn't like it at first, was that it is it is kind of jokey, and it breaks the fourth wall, and it kind of makes fun of itself a little bit, but not... Uh, it never makes fun of Jason. It makes fun of itself, but it never kind of makes fun of Jason. Uh, which, I, I mean, I think that was smart on Tom McLaughlin's part, because, I mean, he's making the sixth movie here. So, you know, let's have a little fun with it. I... I think you can go either way with the sense of humor. You, you either dig it or you kind of don't. Um, I, I mean, I dig it. I've always dug it. Uh, it's, it's part six. Isn't quite in the upper echelon for me, but it's, it's really close. It does. It does so much right. Mm-hmm. And it's so Damn. polished for a Friday, the 13th film. Um, but I, I you know I I think a lot of people watch it. They're like, ah, oh, it's just a little too Look, right there at the very beginning. It's got the double oh seven opening with Jason, <laughs> you know. So right there off the bat, you are kind of like, what, what is this about? And of course, then you see Horseshack, and you're like, what's horse? What's Horseshack doing in this? Hello in that movie. <laughs> yeah, like what's what's horse Horseshack? What the huh? okay? And you know the the resurrection by lightning, like Frankenstein and. I don't yeah i i can see people kind of going like oh this is what is going on here this is like a comic book this is just too ho- hokey and i don't know I, I i dig that about it i think it is a it's it's definitely the most polished well eight eight is pretty polished i think it's the most polished of the paramount eight in my opinion mm-hmm.
2: so what's your rating
1: uh in eight an
2: i'm gonna eight. go i'm gonna go in eight as well
1: I'm gonna go a
0: nine. I really do love it now. I'm a little biased. I had the chance to interview Tom not long ago, and he's just a lovely dude, and I have so much respect for him. Not that I didn't before, but he truly is a good guy, and he just he went for it. And I I, I do think he was a little bit ahead of its time, ahead of his time with some of that humor. And he actually did say that Kevin Williamson finally did meet him at a convention one day. He was like, "Dude, you know, like I kind of need to." apologize to you like i kind of took your humor a little bit but you know i loved your movie so that's kind of where it kind of came from and tom was was like thanks like yeah you know uh but i do think it's a good there's there's to me there a lot of the fridays have similar shades of gray And I would say five and six are bumps in the road, but they're welcome bumps in the road. So when you get to them, it's like, okay, this is a little bit different. So here we go. And then we'll kind of get back on track, which is where we're going. But I think they're welcome bumps in the road. And Alice Cooper, that soundtrack is amazing. So I love it. And and Manfredini did things a little bit different. Still the same uh, kinship, but I like it all. I really like it. So I'm actually going to go nine. I have a big affinity with Jason Lives now, so there we go New Blood we're almost done Piz now I know something special about New Blood with you but let's go New Blood
1: New Blood that was the very first Friday the 13th I ever saw at that point all of the big horror franchises were off limits for me. Um, if I wanted to rent a movie at the video store, I had to take my mother, the box. She would have to peruse it the front and the back to make sure it wasn't too, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't going to warp me or anything like that. And there were a lot of movies. She said, Nope, you're not renting that. Nope, not written that, not written that. And Friday the 13th, not real down the street, Texas chainsaw massacre. A lot of those were just completely off the board. And um, my stepfather came in like a hero one night with the VHS. And I remember my mother objecting kind of mildly and he goes, it's just a movie. The kid wants to watch the movie. Let him watch the movie. So my stepdad will always be a hero just for that alone. And like, I just remember like holding the tape and seeing the title on it. And it was like, you know, Indiana Jones and the, you know, it's like I'm holding the goblet, you know what I mean? Like, I I would love to watch myself watch that movie for the first time, because I'm sure my eyes were just saucers. I'm sure there was a huge grin on my face the entire time, just because it was Jason. Like, I probably had no idea. I could, what year would this have been? 88, maybe? 89? Somewhere in that neighborhood? Um, so I was eight or nine years old at that time. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my intro to Friday the 13th. That movie will always have a special place in my heart because it was my, it was the uh diving board that, uh, you know, I really started. It was the, yeah, it was the, the, the starting point for my love of that series that's lasted for all these freaking years. And, um, yeah, my stepdad came through like a hero. He said, it's just a movie. He wants to watch the movie. Let the kid watch the movie.
0: What if there that day hadn't happened, Piz? Uh, it's
1: hard to say that to day, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, that day would have eventually happened, I'm sure, it, it would have happened later on. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was, um, I, I remember that night fondly. I remember holding that tape and looking at that title and just being like, oh, man, this is like, you know, this is it. <laughs> it this is it. This this is it all starts. This, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that um, yeah, very special place in my heart. That Beautiful.
0: Film. Beautiful. Nick, what about you? New blood.
2: <laughs> a new blood. My first memory about this movie is that about a half hour in, I turned it off. Uh, I remember same guy, Matt Tommy's house. We're watching it. He tells me, he warns me before, Hey, this one's really different. Like, you know, I don't really like this one. Hey, let's pop it in. Let's watch it about a half hour. in, I'm like, no, no, I'm not about it. Uh, I went back and rewatched it when I was 16 on stars at like 2 a.m. Uh, and dude, I don't know what it was, but I just dug the hell out of it. I mean, first of all, I think the thing that stuck in my brain from the first time I watched it was you literally just went from, I hate you, leave us alone to no, daddy, don't fall in the lake and drown. I was like, I was like, that's, that's quite a shift. Um, But so that stuck with me, but I just remember turning it off because I didn't like it. And then when I went back and rewatched it, I feel like the ending loses me a little bit Every time I watch it, I feel like the ending doesn't really hold me. But we could talk up about until that
0: afterwards, but yeah, yeah.
2: But up until that point, yes, like I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, my first watch turned it off. I wasn't a fan. Uh, I've grown to enjoy it more as time has gone on, though. Mm. All
0: right, so my I have it's not my earliest memory, but it's the one I want to share. <clears throat> Of course I watched the movie and I was like holy smokes who is this guy this guy is amazing Google Jason Part 7 Kane Hodder and I was like okay this guy's oh he's got the same birthday as me oh yeah this guy's my Jason you know fell <laughs> I am a Kane I kind of pissed too I am 100% a Kane Hodder guy 100% I think Ted White is the most like magnanimous on screen the most feared Jason but I am a Kane hotter guy, you know, um, this is a fun memory I have. So at the, around the same time that I got into horror, I also got into laser discs and naturally when you become a Friday fan, you want to collect everything you can Friday. Doesn't matter if it's trash cans, draws, cell phone cases, uh, condoms, whatever. If it's got a hockey mask on it, you want to get it, you know, it's the, most, it's the most collectible franchise in the world. Even though Nightmare is my favorite, nothing's more fun than collecting Friday stuff. It's just the way it is. So naturally, I tell my wife at the time, then girlfriend, I was like, Sydney, I really like these Laserdiscs. I grew up with these. These are fun. I got a player. I want to try to get some of the Fridays. We got part one. We got part three. We got part uh, six. Uh, we, we never saw seven online. Till this day, it's hard to find. Part 7 was the most hardest-to-find laser disc from the Paramount tapes. The gods bestowed upon me a gift of all gifts. I was getting ready to take my NCLEX for nursing school. I was just so exhausted because you have to just – Nursing school was, you know, stuffing 10 pounds of crap into a five-pound bag anyway. It's really like three and a half, four years of school crammed into a year and a half. It's just so much work. I'm exhausted. I'm dead tired. I'm just like, I'm so exhausted. This sucks. I'm going to go run by Goodwill because Sydney was wanting Stephen King books at the time, and I was going to Goodwill, and I would find some great ones. I go to Goodwill. Mind you, i had been looking for new blood for a long time at this point. I go to my local Goodwill. And all of a sudden, the, the the back doors are open where the people were kind of shuffling through stuff, and the workers, the volunteers are going through stuff. My jaw dropped. I looked at a table with records in it, like it was like one a little wood thing, and I I I was right by the door, and I was like, "That is not the new blood. There's no way. There's no way." This gentleman's walking through, and forth. I said, "Sir, can, can I ask you something? I'm I'm really sorry to bother you." I, I may never get this chance again if this is what I think it is. You see that bin right there? He goes, yeah. He goes, can you pull up that front thing? And he goes, uh, yeah, here's a – it looks like a record of a Jason whatever. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And I'm not going to say, hey, that's a rare laser disc. I mean it's Goodwill anyway, so they probably would have done it. And I said, yeah, I, I, can I please have that? And he goes, yeah, just let me price it real quick. Uh, just go tell him a dollar. And I'm like, oh, my god. He hands it to me. I have it till this day. I have it in the nicest case you can put a laser disc in. It's the most, it's in, it's a nine and a half out of 10 in terms of condition. It is flawless. I'm looking at this thing. I'm in the Bible belt of Louisiana and I just found a new blood laser disc. Mind you, this is the only time I've ever seen a laser disc in a Goodwill till this very day. I walked out of there for a dollar Buying the new blood on Laserdisc. My wife, she couldn't believe it. She goes, Where did you find it? How did you get this? I've been on eBay for days trying to find this for you. I said, I went to Goodwill and it was in the back. So I will never forget that. Have it till this day. I have all the I have every Friday movie on Laserdisc, which are so expensive now. But that has to be the best memory I have with the new blood, is finding it on Laserdisc at a Goodwill. Uh. It'll never happen again. Something like that.
1: It's very
2: cool. Yeah. Very cool.
1: What are we rate it, Nick?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to rate. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, I don't think it's a bad film by any means. But I'd be lying if I said that I watch it as much as. A two, a four, a six. So I'm going to give it a seven, and I think a lot of that has to do with the ending. I just it loses me, but I'm going to go seven.
0: I'm going to go seven two. Mind you, it's a strong seven. I think it's awesome. It's Kane hotter. Uh, I love Tina. It quite frankly has my all-time favorite non-Jason character, Bad News Cruise. Uh How can you not love Bad News Cruise? The problem with the movie is not anybody's fault except the associate producer, Barbara Sachs. She neutered and ruined the film. Because I know what it was and what it could be and the ending that you're talking about, you were supposed to see a decayed father come out of that lake. He was supposed to look like a zombie and destroyed and bones hanging off of him. That's what was supposed to happen. That would have been way better than seeing a guy who looked like he tripped into a pond and just poked his head out five seconds later, which is what happened. I have to give it a seven because of that. Uh, I hate to hold it against it, but the fact of the matter is, I, I know what the film was supposed to be. We were supposed to see Pamela Voorhees with a little Jason as an apparition for a second. All these amazing things that we didn't get. So, you know. But it's a strong seven, don't get me wrong, because I, I Bad News Cruise is, in fact, my favorite non-Jason character. So, seven for me as well.
1: Uh, Go ahead. Biz. Terry, Terry Kaiser is the man. Terry Kaiser is the man. Um, I'd give it a seven, too. There's a lot of things I like about it, but there are – it, it is – it it has its shortcomings. Um, it has a lot of shortcomings, But uh, there's, you know, I I love Tina. I had a crush on Tina for a long, long time. Um, I love Bad News Cruise. Uh, I think that's the, when I think of Jason, I either think of the part three Jason or the part seven Jason. That design for Jason that Bickler created is just iconic. That's, that's an incredible look, uh, for Jason. Um, And I I dig the Kerry versus Jason aspect of it, too. You know what I mean? Um, Jason got a, you know, he'd never dealt with that before. Um, And and again, Kane Hodder as Jason. That was the first. When I read his name as Jason, it it stuck in my head. Whenever I would see Kane Hodder's name, I, I would recognize it. He's the Jason guy. Um, so, I mean, he, he gave that character a lot of personality, just the way he stood, the way he breathed, he'd raise his shoulders, the way he'd, he'd turn his head and he'd turn his body. Um, he brought a lot to that character, gave it a personality it never had before. So, I mean, I, I'm giving it a seven it's flawed, but there's a lot of things I like about it. And it's got a, it's just got a special place in my heart because it's the first one I ever saw.
0: Lovely lovely there we go all right we have made it piz it is officially (sighs) sunday night you have just finished binging the fridays on tv you got school the next day but we're about to settle in i may be telling your childhood memory right now but we're settling in for the last movie before school the next day friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan let's go What what do we have growing up with jason takes manhattan
1: that one just uh that movie um That movie fills me with a lot of bittersweet memories. Um, Like you said, it was always the capper of the uh, USA Up All Night Marathon. So at the end of... uh, Toward the end of the day on Sunday, that would be the very last one they'd play. And that The Darkest Side of the Night song would always hit me in the feels. Because I knew that meant tomorrow's Monday I'm going right back to school mm. damn it it was like because whenever I, I i I've said this before but i I really can't emphasize it enough when Friday the 13th when when usa up all night would do their Friday the 13th marathons i had that i had those i had that weekend marked on the calendar and I looked forward to it like I couldn't believe I would come bouncing off the bus on Friday afternoon um just so giddy my whole weekend was set. I'm going to be hanging with Rhonda and Gilbert, but mostly Rhonda and the Friday, the 13th movies. But yeah, that Sunday, late Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening, part eight would be the last one they'd play. And the darkest side of the night, I listen to that song now and I, I I can still feel that bittersweet kind of feeling of like, Oh, I gotta go to, gotta go back to school tomorrow. Damn it um don't know if that's necessarily a memory but that's that's just that's just sort of what i um that's what i think of when i think of of part eight is it, it the, the the emotions that it elicits that that bittersweet kind of uh kind of feeling
0: and is this, every time you watch it now is it a subdued feeling that you still have like <laughs>
1: It, it kind of is. It, it's, it's such a weird movie because it's, it's not a good movie, but it's the end of an era. It's the end of the, that Paramount era, which was to, the, the, those were the best Friday movies, period. And uh, even though part eight isn't, is at the low end of those eight, it's still the end of that era. And it's, it, you know, there's still a lot of things I like about it. I, you know, give me part eight over, Freddy versus Jason, the remake, Jason X, any day, any day. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, that, yeah, that whole movie just to, really, I mean, there's bittersweet feelings attached to that whole movie because it was the end of an era mm-hmm. and it kind of went out with a, you know, it kind of went out with a, a whimper almost, you <laughs> know, fluffle, yeah. mommy,
2: Mommy. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like lightning strikes the, the 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 Statue of Liberty. What what does that mean? What does that what did that have to do with anything? But uh, that, that's coming that's...
2: back as the Statue of Liberty.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess I don't know. The the <laughs> lightning sucked the, the 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 soul of Jason out of the Statue <laughs> of Liberty. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Nick, what about you? Memories uh... of Jason basement ed.
2: I remember my memory of Jason Takes Manhattan, my first memory, and I know this is like a running joke about it. But I remember watching it, uh, same thing, probably 16, and uh, I was like, takes Manhattan or gets to Manhattan in the last 20 minutes. Uh, And I know that's a running joke with the movie. Um, But I remember being so bummed because I was like, we've seen this dude in isolated areas, slash up teenagers, you market it as Jason takes Manhattan. Oh, I heart NY, like, let's go. He's going to be in New York and he's just going to be on the loose. And it's like, no, not really. And then even when he gets to New York, like, oh yeah, a couple thugs in an alley. And then we just end up in the sewer. So he doesn't even really take Manhattan. I mean, it's a gripe of mine, whatever. It's a gripe of everyone's. I get it. But that's my first memory. It's just being like, you bastards with your marketing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I remember the first time I saw it.
0: Again, same old, same old for me. I'll never forget. Uh, I had brought home Jason Takes Manhattan on the deluxe DVD. I'm looking at the back of it. I was like, oh, this one looks cool. I can't wait to watch this. And I watched it by myself on a hard day after work one day. It's a weekday. I get home. Eat supper with the family. I'm like, Mom, I'm going to go watch my Jason movie. She goes, all right. Talk to you tomorrow. Going to bed. And I remember watching Jason Takes My Hat and in, I was telling myself, I was like, God, this one is so freaking 80s. It's not even funny. But I'm a big 80s music fan, things like that. So, I mean, I it's great for me. But as I'm watching it, I'm telling myself. I really like this, but like, I don't think I can tell anybody. I like this, <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> that, that kind of thing, but I did. I still love it. And, you know, I, I have similar stories like Piz obviously not the USA type of stuff, but you know, a lot of the, I remember, I'll never forget it was Halloween one year. And before I moved out of my parents' house, I was in school, they had him on sci-fi and it was the same thing. They were playing him through a weekend and me and my dad were watching Jason takes my hat. And I was like, tomorrow's monday it's the end you know but it's so significant it's the end of the 80s it's the end of the paramount tapes it's the end to me that jason goes to hell that's a whole nother jason that, that ain't the same guy that's a different world okay jason died in part eight and i like the ending okay i do it's ridiculous but the whole movie's ridiculous like why should the ending make sense if 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 we got a boat a cruise ship to the ocean Why should the ending, why should it make sense? You know, what the (laughs) hell? So I think the movie stays in line with itself, if anything. Ridiculous. But I love it. I loved it from the beginning and The Darkest Side of the Night. I mean, I love that song. It's a weird song. You know, I remember trying trying to figure out how to play the song on guitar and figure it out. Cause I'm pretty good at learning stuff by ear. You know, the song from part four wasn't a problem. It's pretty straightforward. Darkest side of the night is so eclectic sounding. It's so wide sounding. I'm trying to listen to the guitar and figure it out. And it wasn't till literally recently that I managed to, get the vibe of it at least with the bass part. So I've managed to do like a snippet of it, but in terms of doing the whole song, I'm still struggling with that. So that's something I love about that song is I still can't really figure out how to play it because you can't really listen to it and figure everything out. That's so amazing to me. I love the song, love the movie and I loved it from the start, but I knew it was ridiculous, knew it was ridiculous, but it's, it's like, how can you hate Jason? How can you hate it? You're like, why are you picking on it? It's Jason Takes Manhattan. It's part eight. Okay. You know, look at resurrection by comparison. I was
2: just about to say I'll, that it's better than resurrection. Okay. I'll t-
0: yeah. I'll take that eighties Jason Takes Manhattan over resurrection every day of the week, twice on Sunday, you know.
2: So Yeah. All right, Piz, go ahead and just give us your rating right now. Um
1: a, a seven. I, I, I can't go below a seven with any of the Paramount Eight. Um and you know i don't know it, my heart almost wants me to 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 maybe give it an 8 but it it deserves a 7 there's a lot you could pick apart about the movie um there's a lot you could pick apart about that movie but uh, i don't know i think some of those um some of its flaws are just kind of yeah jason can teleport now um uh, <laughs> you know uh yeah, what's with the you know the, the the girl swimming in the lake and young Jason's trying to drown her? Like, when does this when when did that happen? Like, does the spirit of young Jason just you know haunt the lake? Um, there's a lot of head scratching uh, aspects of that film, but I, all those together just kind of I don't know they 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 kind of um. Make the movie a little endearing to me. They're they're charming, I guess. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's a seven.
2: Well, Piz, don't feel bad. I I love Halloween Five, and that's one of those movies that's like you watch that movie and you could pick that thing apart. You can make a night out of picking that thing apart, but it's just endearing to me. So, um, but yeah, uh, for me, it's going to be a six, and it's I will say it's mostly through no fault of its own. Uh, this is the movie in my opinion that I noticed the MPAA's interference the most. Um where you'll see a kill happen but you won't see it really happen like for example when he throws the dude onto that I don't even know what it's called on yeah. the poles or whatever. You see him throw him and you see like his legs and his bottom half of his body but you don't see it pierce his body when he does it or when he grabs, you know, the lava rock. And goes to put it through the dude's chest. And as soon as he does that, they kind of cut away from it. And they show you the aftermath. But there's like no blood. You didn't get to see that brutality in the movie. So for me, it's because of the interference. If you would have gotten the gore and you really could have gotten those kills. Because there are some gnarly kills in this movie that could have been so much better if they'd been able to show all of it um and also it's just the ending i mean christian i totally agree you know you're like well the movie's been weird this whole time why should the ending be any different i i agree with that argument i do but i remember when i'm watching it i'm just like what the hell just happened um it's but i i will say too to your point you want to talk about part eights in horror franchises yeah it's 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 no halloween resurrection well We'll say that right now. So it it is it's endearing, and so I'm going to give it a six. But like I said, I don't think it's the fault of really those who made the movie.
0: Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I I'm I'm actually going to give it a six as well, uh, just because I I don't want to give it. I, I completely understand what Piss is saying. I mean, part of me is like I love it so much. I'd take a bullet for that movie. It's a ten. Like there really is that part of me that says that. But trying to be a little bit more on the uh analytical or critical side of it. Like I- I'd have to say that the New Blood is a probably better made, more cohesive movie. So I can't I don't want to give it the same rating. But at the same time, there are things I love about it more than the New Blood, quite honestly. But I'll stick with the six, okay? Just I'll give it the six. It's the lowest six is the lowest rating I've gone. I think that's the lowest rating period we've had. So that's amazing. Not that I'm surprised, but
2: yeah, had we talked about goes to hell and Jason X, this would have gotten uh, pretty grimy because I would have gone lower than six. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, and maybe one day we'll get there. But being that Paramount, the I just think ending on Jason Takes Manhattan is just perfect because it's yeah. like Piz said, it is so symbolic. So I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast when you got to part eight, you were probably saying to yourself, "Here we are. We're at the end of the show. This is it. Yeah. This is Jason Takes Manhattan."
2: And I mean, you could go without "Goes to Hell" and Jason X anyway because they don't really follow that linear storyline. All of a sudden, Jason's fine and he's alive, and they blow him up. Like, no, ignore those two movies. And you know, you got the Paramount tapes, and then you have Freddy versus Jason, and you have the remake, and well, the other two, they didn't happen. It didn't happen. I just,
1: uh, I, I prefer to think that the, the 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 new line movies are are their own universes. They they're the yeah. they're the what if uh clearly <laughs> what if movies what if jason was just a body hopping slug what if jason went to space what if jason fought freddie versus jason or, or what if what if jason fought freddie um that's what kind of movies those are every comic series had their what if spinoff that's what the new line movies are to
2: friday the you know, 13th and you know i didn't even realize until i rewatched goes to hell last night that the necronomicon's in it and the uh, Candarian dagger and uh-huh. then i read that the filmmakers were like yeah that was our way of saying that jason's a deadite um you can take that if you want to and run with it we weren't allowed to like legally say that but yeah it's pretty much our way of saying he's a deadite that's why he keeps coming back
0: yeah, Nick, I, I don't know if you – being that – I don't think you have that – the 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 Scream Factory set. Probably not, right? You don't have that one?
2: Uh, no, but I will tell you after rewatching them over this past week because I knew what we are going to be talking about tonight, I I am purchasing it. Well,
0: so. let me tell you something really quick, and Piz, obviously Piz, – Piz is on the damn box set, but the price on it right now – look, Paramount's coming out with an 8-film set, and I'm a glutton. Okay, so I'm going to get it because I'm am I'm, I'm ai I'm a sadist. <laughs> but I, but don't wait for that. If you spend that thing's already like 80 bucks, okay? And it's going to have 4K scans on the first four, but if you go ahead and get that Scream Factory set, not only do you get every movie, you get so many special features uh and the the, the set. I mean, look at it don't just get that set because i really I mean, think by the time the scream the, the the paramount 8s get re-released that that scream factory set's going to start going
2: away. Yeah, and i and i totally agree with that and i i probably will get the scream factory. Uh, that's what i actually was looking at today on Amazon, but for me it's like after takes manhattan, i don't really find much enjoyment in the next installments. i just really don't
0: You'll come man, you'll come around on Jason Goes to Hell. Man, you'll come around. I,
2: I just I hate that remake. I really do. Every character, I just want to punch in the face. Um so but you know, it's it is what it is, man. I, I I'm excited to own a set of it and I'm gonna get a set of it. But yeah, I the new line movies, they're they're something else. And I mean I'm sure for Piz as like a you know a hardcore Friday fan, you know i'm sure going back and rewatching those or even just having to talk about them sometimes might give you ptsd because like i've watched your videos and i know like you're not a big fan of those either and and i respect that because i thought maybe oh i remember when i watched you talk about the remake i was like he's gonna love the remake and and i hate the remake and i remember you not being kind to the remake and i was like thank you like a friday fan that goes hey part of the charm of these earlier Friday movies was you didn't hate all the characters. And in the remake, right. you hate everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. That I don't know. The, the, the remake to me does, I mean, it, it does a few things, right, but it, it just seems like such a hollow soulless <laughs> kind of movie. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You, yeah. You can tell Marcus and the Spell's heart wasn't in that movie at all. And, uh, nope. it it, it shows hey
2: i've told christian before maybe our grandkids will get another friday movie you know i mean who knows uh we might not ever get one but uh let's hold out hope for our grandkids i think
0: we will i think we will we'll see we'll see at this
2: point they're just there it's just a pissing contest at this point and it pisses me off i mean i'm i'm it's just at this point where i'm like you guys know what you're doing to the fan base and you don't care like you don't care and it's just it's, frustrating. it's all about
0: that. Yeah, It's all about that money. But look, guys, this has been amazing. Well, we're we're knocking on two hours. We need to wrap it up. If you're listening to this, you've got things to do. We've got things to do. But this was amazing. What a trip down memory lane. This was Crystal Lake Memories with Al. And, you know, Piz, we're going to leave it to you. Final words to the people listening.
1: Oh, geez. Well, uh, first off, thank you for uh, asking me to come on and talk about the Friday series. Anytime I get the opportunity to talk about those movies. I'm all for it. It's cause it's, it's like reliving. Uh, I mean, it's like reliving your youth a little bit. It's like reliving some of your fondest memories and uh, more fond memories spring from those memories of a simpler time. And uh, so, yeah, anytime I can relive, uh, relive those memories, I'm all for it. So thank you for uh, inviting me. And um, I, yeah, I, um, I love this franchise. Very, very much. It means a lot to me. It's my favorite franchise, and um, I don't. There's just something about every entry that um, I don't know. I, I've I've often wondered, like, why is this? Why is this series so beloved? And I've asked a lot of people, and and everybody gives a different answer. And I guess it's because there's just something for everybody in those eight movies, particularly the first eight movies. So. Uh, but yeah, I I just love them.
0: There we go, people. This is the You Need a Horror podcast with Christian, Nick, and the legendary Pizzile. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Yeah. This has been a production of the You Need a Horror podcast. You need it. We got it. Thanks for listening.